Okay, everyone, we're back with Birdcast, the only podcast filmed inside a live aviary, and we're here back with Birdman Dad. Um, he couldn't stay away, and we wanted to ask him a couple more questions on this week of Birdcast. So, if you want to say hello, Birdman Dad. Hello, everyone out there. All right. Okay, so one of the questions we're going to ask, we're going to get straight started off, is what success stories have you had? Like, what what is the most successful thing you've ever done in your bird aviaries? Um, okay, so the most successful. Um, oh, well, obviously, if breeding any species of your bird you keeps is pretty successful. Um, a few years ago, we bred after a lot of um, anguish and disappointment. Um, we bred our first red-eared firetails, which are native to Western Australia here. Um, and we've been lucky enough um, to be able to breed them ever since. Um, we also purchased um, some time ago some of the little orange cheeks. Um, and again, we, we were lucky enough to be able to breed them. Um, so, yeah, look, probably the most successful bird we did breed um, was the blue gullion. So we purchased years ago some blue gullions and um, after um, weeding them out and, and getting some good strong stock and, and producing good quality birds, we probably bred over 300 in, 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 in probably three years. Um, so yeah, that was probably the most successful bird we bred was the blue gullion. Unfortunately, we don't, we've moved on, we don't keep them anymore. But um, I would say the blue gullion finch. Obviously, with bird keeping, you you make money because you sell birds. But would you consider this a hobby or more so a business? Because obviously, with a business, you know you're producing a product and then you're selling it on. Would you consider this hobby to be sort of a mix between a business and a hobby? Um, no, not really. It's always just really been a hobby. Um, uh, I don't know that you'd, you'd ever make a lot of money out of the hobby. So, uh, like I say, you're always buying birds, you lose birds, you're replacing birds, you've got food, um, you've got products you buy in from vets, um, cages, you know, there's there's so much cost. And I, I don't keep a track on anything. So um, I know there's people out there that would probably do it as a business, but... Um, Look, it's always been a hobby to us, and uh, it always will be just the hobby. Obviously, with this cage right now, you've had you've had a lot of renovation done to it, and changes, and adding more things. Um, what was the first ever bird when you first constructed this cage? When you first constructed the la- the first bit of the cage, what was the first ever bird you put inside the cage? Okay, so the first ever bird was like what we call the long tail finch, long tail hex. We kept them with some um, starfinches, so they were the first birds to to uh, um, be released in this flight. Wow. Okay. Cool. Um, have you personally had any bad experiences with certain types of finch? Obviously, there's some finches that are more territorial and they don't really mix well with other birds. Is there any particular species that you probably wouldn't get again? Um. Well. Probably the hex finch. Um, we did have a lot of 
uh, trouble with them. Um, seem to be interfering in other nests. So, um, you know, if you keep like the blue cap finch, so obviously that's a little bit rarer. Um, and we were finding that they were a little bit invasive, so they would go and stick their nose in where they shouldn't. Um, yeah, so probably the hex and the star finches to a degree were also a little bit like that as well. Okay. Obviously in your uh, flats right now, you have the flyovers. Um, what prompted you to build them? Or was there a certain idea or was there a YouTube video that you watched and just like, that was a great idea. This is a great idea to connect certain um, bird cages together. <clears throat> what prompted you to start putting them in almost every single one of your cage? Um, no, it was an idea that I thought of. <clears throat> um, because this was uh, originally a neophemus setup, um, the cages were quite small. Um, so I decided um, there's one of the flights out the back is uh, nearly 19 metres long by three and a half metres wide. Um, and then I would sort of build another cage where we are and then another one out the front. And I've always been a believer that if you bird, give the birds a lot of room, um, I think they breed better. So I came up with the idea of these little tunnels that they'd shoot across in and come into another flight. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. It was just an idea that I, I saw. I hadn't seen it anywhere. But, yeah, most of the cages we do now, I've, I've got me little flyovers in. So, yeah, they just seem to work for us. Okay. Obviously, if because you, you've got that next cage to build... I've seen some stuff on the internet where people have selected, like, a certain type of style, maybe that being the wheat belt or, um, like, uh, maybe just an old house. I've seen a lot of really creative bird cages where you have, like, a, a pretty much a scene, but the birds get to, like, live in that scene. So you might have, I've seen, a half a house. So there was, like, a half bit of a house where the birds could fly in and out. And there might be like a telegraph pole or like a fence or something. Is there anything that you would ever really consider doing in that kind of idea? Um, in one of the cages, we've I gathered um, at work one day, there was uh, one of our clients was pulling down an old fence and I, and I reckoned it was hundreds of years old, possibly not that old, but anyway, it seemed to be. So I grabbed all the old fence posts and I cemented them in one of my flights and then ran wire through to try and get a bit of an effect of the old fences that would have been around many years ago. Um, uh, so, yeah, look, we the, the next cage that we're doing at the moment, um, I've sort of got clear sheeting that drops down probably 600 millimetres um, so the birds can get up and out of the weather. So, yeah, just things like that. And lots of brush and baskets and um, that the birds can get into to breed, obviously, but more so in the cold winter months, they, they need to be able to get out of those horrible drafts and strong winds. Okay, cool. Um, if you were going to ever redesign your cages, is there anything that you would change? If you were going to lay, if you were going to build a new one or, or you could change anything... In your cage, is there anything that you would remove because maybe it's too small or it's a little bit annoying to walk through every day? 
Um, yeah, look, if I ever did it again, which I won't, um, I would design it, yes, totally different. So I would probably like the idea of, a, uh, of flights being up to six metres in length, um, three or four metres wide, uh, with a walkway at the front, um, and servicing everything from the front and full roof like cover the whole cage. Some of ours uh, are open at the fronts um, and on the rural property we do tend to have problems with hawks, um, hence the reason we've got electric fences on everything. But um, yeah, I would design it differently, but it, it's not gonna happen. Okay. Is there any particular uh, kind of pest that obviously you mentioned hawks just then that is really annoying and hard to deal with. Um, yeah, well, hawks are one thing, but as most finch breeders will tell you, mice and rats. Um, feral cats, not so much of a problem here. Um, uh, we don't really get that problem where, where we live, but definitely mice and rats. So one thing, if you're constructing aviaries, they definitely have to be mice and rat proof. Um, you will hear all the sad stories of how rats will get in and wipe out a collection of bird in, in a matter of nights. So um, hawks come and go, not much we can do about it, but definitely um, your rats and your mice. You've definitely got to keep control of them. And what we do here is all on the outside of our aviaries. We have tubes with holes cut in and poisons in them and and every few months they're topped up and monitored and made sure that they've always got something in them. Have you seen a massive decrease in rats and mice with putting up those tubes? Have they have they helped a lot? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we get the odd rat every now and then. Um, I always freak out when I see or that we, we've had a rat around the cage they sometimes they can get into our walkway and i'm yeah it's really hard to 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 find out how and why and where they get in but they do um and the other thing we've had a bad run of in the last year is racehorse going as lizards we've had them in our walkways um because we always sort of got a bit of construction going there's somewhere that they've got in so um but yeah Okay. Okay. Well, thank you, Birdman Dad. No problems. Is there, before you go, is there anything you would like a funny story you would like to share with us about birds? Funny story. Um, can't think of anything really off the top of my head. Um, probably when I first got back into my finches, um, and I was telling you earlier, I kept a species of long-tailed hex and a starfinch. Um, I remember meeting an old fincho, uh, breeder of finches, and I told him about this bird that I'd bred, and I had no idea what it was. It seemed to be a long-tailed hex finch with red in it. I really couldn't work it out. So I remember catching the finch up and taking it down to him, and he sort of laughed, and he said, oh, what we've got here is a cross. So what had happened was the the long-tailed hex finch and the star finch had paired up and, and, and they actually bred. Um, I, I thought I'd bred some sort of new mutation or some sort of new 
finch, but yeah, in actual fact, it was um, uh, the birds had actually um, bred together. So yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for having us on the uh, podcast. Um, this is the only podcast that is filmed inside a live aviary. If you guys want to come and contact us, the Instagram is Birdman or one word underscore dat no capitals. The YouTube is Birdman all together, then a space, then dat. If you want to somehow get in contact with us another way, uh, just message me on the Instagram. I'm pretty much on there every day, and I'll redirect you to our email. All right. I'll see you guys. Thanks for listening and watching, and have a wonderful day.